Hello, and welcome to Let Me Know How It Is. While we're taking a break from new episodes for a bit, we are bringing back some from the archives for another listen. Since it is election time here in the United States, it got me thinking about what civics lessons we might learn from Marvel's Sentinel of Liberty, Captain America. So please enjoy this episode from last year where we celebrate 80 years of Cap in the comics, and we also take a look back at the film Captain America The First Avenger. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. To celebrate his 80th anniversary, we're talking all things Captain America. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. And uh, also, fittingly, we're recording this on the 4th of July, actually, so you might hear some fireworks in the background from time to time. We're just uh, letting you guys know because uh, there's probably not much we could do about that. <laughs> no. So It's extra festive. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It works. Uh, we'll begin where it all started. Created by Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, Captain America debuted to the world in 1941 with Captain America number one, boasting the now iconic image of Cap punching out Adolf Hitler splashed along the cover. So, Clifton, uh, I know that you checked this out recently, so I'll turn it over to you. I did. And, and like, dwelling on that cover a bit, it is worth doing because that cover now iconic was quite a political statement at the time this this issue came out Mm -hmm. because just a little bit of context going on at the time this came out in early 1941 america was not in the war yet right right it was heavily debated at that point in time in american politics whether or not america should even ever be in the war like that was not a settled question by any means and to on the cover just show something as flagrant as a symbol of America in red, white, and blue and stars and stripes, just punching Hitler. Like yep. it was a daring, bold political statement. Sure. And, and some of it is in, in reaction to a lot of what was going on in America at the time. Cause just down the street, like in 1941, literally down the street from what would have been the timely headquarters office up in times square, you have like America first rallies going on in mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden where Charles Lindbergh has crowds of, you know, capacity crowds, tens of thousands of people for what started as anti-war rallies and then slowly, slowly turned into very pro-Nazi, anti-Semitic rallies. So mm-hmm. I mean, that was happening right down the street from these guys who were making these comics. Yeah. So that's happening in their neighborhood. So, I mean, a lot of it was very reactionary to, to what they were seeing. And, and I think it is worth seeing that because that, right from the start of Captain America has been ingrained politics sure. in a lot of his stories, which, I, which yeah. I think is, is worth pointing out there. So cap number one is, is what March 1941 is the cover. That's correct. Yeah. Right. March 19. Yeah. So, you know, Pearl Harbor isn't until December right. of that same year. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So we're not, we're not in the war yet. No. Yep. And like all those, those America first rallies, which was Charles Lindbergh's America's first committee, which is sort of a sort of political party at the time. Uh, like their rallies were going strong in New York until, until Pearl Harbor, their support dried up very soon after that. Yeah. Right. And, and our course was set on entering the war. But prior to that, Marvel, they didn't have Captain America fighting so much in the war in the stories, uh, just the cover. But in the, in the stories, which we'll get into in this issue, his early stories were mostly fighting Nazi spies and saboteurs in America on American soil. Mm. 
they used other characters to actually fight Nazis in Europe, like Namor is one that they used a lot <laughs> right. when they wanted to tell those stories. But yeah, in, in, in Captain America number one, it's a packed first issue because we get the first appearance of Steve Rogers, Captain America. We also get the first appearance of Bucky mm-hmm. and the first appearance of the Red Skull. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they're all in separate stories. It's, it's a jam-packed issue with a bunch of different short stories, and, and, but they're all there from the beginning. Um, Bucky, like we all know, Bucky's a little different than we know him now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a young kid, which was uh, something they did change later, and we'll get into some more later on in the show for MCU. But he's, right. he's presented as like a mascot. Right. For the right. regiment he's like, that uh, he's like fifteen or something, yeah, right? Like I mean, and he looks like a young fifteen if that. Right. Like he's he's a tiny guy, which I assume the popularity. I assume the popularity of Robin, who had been introduced the previous year, right, in the Batman comics, because that was nineteen forty, right? Mm-hmm. Introduction yeah. of Robin. Mm-hmm. So I assume that's where they were kind of like, oh, we can give Captain America a young, a young squire of sorts. <laughs> Uh, fighting, fighting Nazi spies. It's it's yep. a little different, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Who later parachutes into Germany with like a, you know, like a, a, a Tommy, Tommy gun. gun, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He- <laughs> yeah. Brubaker, yeah, Brubaker completely changes the idea of like he basically it's yeah, Cap, you're the symbol. You know, you're the one that's up front leading the charge, making <laughs> making the country right. look good. Meanwhile, I'm uh, I'm gunning down Nazis, and no one's really paying attention to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, In the same imagery would be Robin just killing thugs in Gotham, (laughs) (laughs) while Batman's throwing batterings and smoke bombs. Right. If that were if that were the same thing that Robin was doing, but of course he wasn't. They were too busy jumping around on giant typewriters. Well, Cap's got the shield. He's he's providing cover. (laughs) Sure, of course, of course. Yeah, right. He's got the target. Everyone's aiming for that shield. Right. So okay, so what in this first issue, like what of what we expect, what we know about Captain America is is there right from the start? I mean, the origin is is solid as we still know it. Like it is okay. all still there. I mean, scrawny kid who got rejected, put wants okay. to serve his country, uh, clandestine experiment mm-hmm. to create a super soldier that gets sabotaged after the first successful case. Mm-hmm. Like it's all like everything we 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 do see and still know is is straight out of is straight out of this first appearance as far as Steve Rogers goes. Hmm. Uh, the differences go a little bit with Bucky, but yeah, I was surprised how much of it's still still faithful and accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they introduce a character early on in the first issue. Her name is X thirteen. Also okay. goes by Betsy Ross or Betty Ross. Sometimes that changed over the comics as like a secret agent that would work like a a young woman, secret agent that would work with captain America a lot. That kind of got morphed over the years where, where Peggy Carter fills that role, Mm -hmm. but that character was there in the early appearances and and was around in the comics for a little while after that. And then the other big change is red skull. Like there are red skull differences that kind of got retconned later. So this was the first appearance of the red skull, but it's not Johann Schmidt. Okay. It's a character in this version. It's a character named George Maxson, who's wearing like the mask of the Red Skulls, so not mm-hmm. actually Red Skull. But and for the first couple appearances, that's who it is. It, it's later through stories retconned that he was just working for the real Red Skull before the real Red Skull came along. But that okay. that his his job was basically as a Nazi spy in America to to pose as the Red Skull. 
So is so is that the way they get around the idea of him being like a prototype like <laughs> villain? As yeah. opposed to like like with Luthor, where Luthor was like a red haired villain at first right. and then okay. And then you yeah, like you get a more defined version that's lasted since then. That's mm-hmm. how they that's how they do it on Red Skull. Okay. Like this previous version was just one of his lackeys and we didn't know the real one yet. Uh okay. Yeah. So but it's sold that way. We know for as a reader, we know full well it's not the real one. Not in this issue. In this issue, oh. we don't. Okay. That, that's retconned after the fact. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And he's a Nazi at this point or like, or, or Hydra's not a thing. Hydra's not a point, thing right? yet. No. Hydra's Hydra thing in yet. the okay, comics doesn't so. come around until the 60s. Okay. I think. I think that's correct. Yeah. I'm pretty sure with the, with the inclusion, when the, with the modern shield, when right. I say modern, I mean Nick Fury. <laughs> the, the Steranko shield. <laughs> the Steranko shield, which again, not really modern, but I mean yeah. more of the idea of inventing shield for modern quote unquote times right. i guess modern is in very mod it's very mod <laughs> well, well sure well i mean but I'll, i guess what i guess i'll say it this way when you find out that there was a shield that existed when hickman starts playing with the idea there might yeah. have been a shield long before very right, right yeah so oh right, right yeah yeah, like, yeah like in the renaissance and mm-hmm. stuff like yeah, that. yeah right yeah. yeah that one like when you find like you know they fought a fought of galactus and an alien brood horde at one point long before <laughs> the shield was ever a thing right that group but are we still waiting for the last issue of that shield sure. comic, like 15 years after the <laughs> yes yes it is it's still, okay. it'll, it'll come sometime okay yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm, I'm sure he's still working on it Quick oh, yeah. sidebar there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Back to this Red Skull. This Red Skull yeah. was a Nazi. He was very, very much a Nazi. Okay. Like he's he's kind of terrifying looking in his first appearance. It's just like a Red Skull with like little eyes, and he's he's wearing a helmet just covered in swastikas. <laughs> he's just decked out in them. <laughs> wow. Right? And and strangles people. He strangles oh. a lot of people in this issue, and has like wow. a checklist. So after he strangles people, he checks off his list. Mm. <laughs> he was menacing. <laughs> For kids. Oh, for kids, you know. yeah. You know. <laughs> sure. I think it's kind of cool, though, that it sounds like so much of, of what we know and love about Cap is right there, right from the start. Yeah. You know, because one of the things I thought about as as I was planning up for this episode is how much, you know, just, just things like the costume. The costume has, has changed relatively little yeah, in 80 lot. years as far as... You know, I mean, you can't say the same for Flash and, you know, Green Lantern and stuff like that. You know, I mean, those are actually like different characters in there. But I mean, the, the visual is completely different mm. at this point. You know, Cap is, uh, you know, pretty, you know, it's, it's less a helmet <laughs> so much. And, and, you know, more of a cowl later on and stuff like that until yeah. the movies. Right. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, it seems like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of neat. That I think he changes so little. Yeah. We can get into why I think or why we think later on if you guys want. But so any, any other observations about issue one? Anything that surprised you at the time? Like, oh, wow. Like, that's early. Um, no, I mean, the one thing like the lack of reasoning for Bucky joining up is is kind of jarring because we're now used to like a well thought out, well established Bucky. But in the golden age, not everything needed a, a a real believable explanation. Yeah. And and Bucky's was that he was like the kid mascot for this platoon that, mm-hmm. that private Steve Rogers, because that his secret his secret identity was a private in the army was as opposed to Captain America. So he was right. private Steve Rogers as a secret identity. And Bucky, his little friend who hangs out with the platoon, like walks in and sees him putting on the Captain America outfit. 
And honestly, like, that's it. They're just like, yep, like you're Bucky now. Like you're going to help me out in this. <laughs> right. Like we're going to share this secret together. Right. He's not putting, he's not trying to put this orphan on the front line to bump him off so he can save his secret. Right. That's not something <laughs> no, horrifying. No, I mean, not that we know of. Cause so okay. far they're only hanging out in New York, like fighting spies and, uh, okay. and stuff. But, uh, yeah, he does take him around and, and endanger this child. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> So that was one thing I, I noticed that did not hold up over the years and, and was more refined to the to the Bucky we know from mm -hmm. MCU. And there's nothing in the issue about Bucky lying about his age to get in the army or anything like that? Not not in this one that I know. Okay. I don't know okay. exactly. Like, it's kind of vague if he's actually, like, it's not clear if he's actually in the military or if he's just, like, a, guy, a kid that hangs out there. Right. But then he does have a uniform later, so. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Because I thought early, way early on, like in that in the Golden Age, it's definitely played as the idea of just he's kind of a kid that hangs around, right, and kind of a gopher for the for the guys. And yeah. then once he finds out Steve, like you said, once he finds out Steve's secret, right, um, he's full on going on missions and yeah. <laughs> wearing wearing a domino mask. <laughs> yeah, that might have been something they added pretty soon after, like the Red Skull stuff they retcon later. They might have added that along the way. Gotcha. So. Really quick, quick note from our engineer. Hydra first appearance, 1965, Strange Tales, number uh -huh. 135. Okay. So you're right. It was the 60s mm -hmm. when they when they came out. Um, worth pointing out. So cap number one. So the company at this point is is timely. That's correct. Yeah, correct. Yep. They're, they're timely at this point. Okay. Yep. Um, any idea? Could you walk us through like how long did cap run before the, the, the frozen storyline? <laughs> do, do we know? That I don't have the numbers on. I know he was popular throughout the war, mm -hmm. prior to the war and then through the war. And then in 1946, they saw some of their solo heroes books kind of fading a little bit in popularity in the post-war time. Mm -hmm. And that's when they introduced one of their first superhero teams, which was mm -hmm. the All Winners Squad, right. where they teamed him up with Namor, with Human Torch, with The Wizard, with uh, Miss America. Yes. I can't remember some of the, yeah, the other golden age, uh, heroes. And, and so I know he went, uh, through into the late forties at least. Okay. So, so, and then he's dug up later in the sixties under mm -hmm. Marvel. Right. Right. Correct. Uh, and what Avengers number three, do I have that right? Three, four, four. Okay. Avengers number four. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some, some interesting stuff about this. So one, he's not the first. He's not the first Golden Age character that Marvel brought back from Timely's Golden Age. Mm -hmm. That was Namor in Fantastic Four number four the right. previous year. And then on the Avengers cover that has Captain America's for, uh, reappearance, Namor's on that cover too, because mm -hmm. Namor actually has a little appearance in that issue. But prior, and, and I only learned this just the other day from, from our engineer who told me about this, and then I went and, and looked up and found the issue. In Strange Tales number 114 in November of 1963, which was a Human Torch issue at that time. I think Human Torch was the main character in that book. Golden Age? Human Torch? Fantastic no. Four. Fantastic Four is Human Torch. Johnny. Johnny yeah. yeah. Okay. Johnny Storm, Human Torch. So in 1963, it was like Johnny Storm's solo, solo appearances at the time. Yeah. Like a character shows up who appears to be Captain America. Right. And claims to be Captain America wearing the Captain America suit. And everyone's like, oh, look, Captain America's back. Where's he been? And then you find out that it was really just uh, the acrobat who was a <laughs> villain from a previous issue. 
right. who had disguised himself as Captain America to create a diversion to rob banks. Hmm. And, but the funny thing about that is that at the end of that issue, there's a caption that says, you guessed it, this story was really a test to see if you too would like Captain America to return. Ah. As usual, your letters will give us the answer. Mm. (laughs) So I guess they got some letters. I guess people were like, yeah, like we do want Captain America to come back. Where's he been? Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So then we got Avengers number four. Okay. Yeah. Just a quick look up. It looks like Captain America comics number 73 from 49 might've been his last appearance. Okay. Yeah. Looks like that's the last one. Okay, yeah. It looks like our engineer put in a note too saying last Cap Golden Age cover date was July 1949. Okay. So that might be, I don't know if that's the same number or not, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So he would have been gone, what, 13 years at that point? Before this tryout? Before this tryout? Publication wise. Yeah. Yeah. Publication wise. Before this tryout. Right. I wonder if they did the same thing with Namor because Namor was just like, nope, found him in a flop house, (laughs) dropped him in the water, and then I've I've unleashed him on humanity from that point on. (laughs) Yep. That's a fun issue. That's oh, it's a awesome great issue. issue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so, so, okay. So, so there we are. I mean, Captain America pops up then in the Avengers and we're off to the races. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so what was your guys like first exposure to the character? What was the first, was it a comic book? Was it, was it somewhere else that you found him? Like, when did you fall in love with this character? Um, I'm pretty sure. Let me, I, I know there's a crossover with the Hulk. Hmm. Because that was a book that I read fairly, like, it had to be, like, I'm talking, like, mid-80s. But there's a pretty good, I think it's an issue, like, it's, like, one Captain America in one issue, and then it, it crosses over in, in the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. But um, that was the first place I remember reading him, like, reading him regularly. Like, like I read that issue, and then I think I went for a pretty good run after that. But, um, no, I mean, you know, I remember seeing him, like, I remember the old, um, <laughs> the old, uh, there's a TV show. The one with the the really big motorcycle helmet. Oh, the, the pl- 70s. Right. The 70s yeah. live action show, yeah. <laughs> and, and the plexiglass shield. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's that one. I mean, there and then... Was that a show or a TV movie? I, can't. I think it was a TV movie. I think they yeah. wanted... It was kind of like a, they wanted it to be a show. Right, right. And then it didn't become a thing. It didn't, didn't you know, it didn't manifest into like... Because they, they did a couple of those kind of pilots mm-hmm. where it just didn't work out. Right. But, um... Yeah, I mean that was. I remember that, and then I'm trying to think if it was. Is he because he's in? Is he in the Seven Little Superheroes episode, Clifton? Of um, Spider Man's Amazing, Amazing Friends. Friends. He's in the Pawns of the Kingpin episode for sure. Oh, is that the one where Bobby tries to get the interview? I think so. Okay, so he's in that one. So I know yeah, from that too. I think he's in several. I think he is in the other one too, though. Because yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, I'm sure it's it's the common refrain for me is. I was introduced to all these characters from Spider-Man and his amazing friends right, because they okay. always had guests every episode. Right. So that's how I learned about anything in the Marvel universe. What about you, Tommy? <laughs> to be honest, um, didn't really care for him too much. Um, mm-hmm. My introduction to him was my brother collected the comics every once in a while. Uh, whenever there's a masses of evil thing going on in Avengers or something, it took my notice, but wasn't until I think, x-men where they had a throwback store of him and wolverine mm. oh the um, cartoon no not the cartoon the, the oh. issue the issue with with black widow on the cover oh, the, the jim yeah, lee cover yeah the jim okay. lee cover yeah. yeah but as far as being a strong cap advocate i was like okay 
<laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm I'm with you. My my story is pretty similar to yours, Tommy, actually. Like, you know, I mean, I knew peripherally who he was, you know, like but my brother had like the cap like Secret Wars action figure and stuff like that. So I so I knew what he looked like. I knew his deal, the shield, all that stuff and everything. But like, you know, I I was collecting comics a lot in the nineties and and that was big X-Men days for Marvel, as as we say from time to time and everything. So Captain America really wasn't like front and center, you know, when when you're eleven. You know what I mean? And so like I I I checked him out in that one X-Men animated series episode from the last batch where he, you know, you see him in World War II with Wolverine. Which is the adaptation of that issue that Tommy's yeah. talking about. I mean, honestly, the moment I started reading Cap and I was like, oh, this guy's like really cool. Like, I'm, I'm sorry to say it's like Ultimates, I think. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like during that run, which, you know, it's it's been forever since I've gone back and looked at that stuff. So I don't know how it holds up. But at the <laughs> time, I remember thinking like that was the first time I, I was like, man, I really like this guy. And it's, <laughs> you know, right. And then from there, peripherally started, you know, that like after the fact, it was like the Brubaker run was was coming out and making a lot of waves and things and people getting popular. And then, right. you know, it's probably a wizard magazine that had like, you know, a list of good <laughs> Captain America stories. So I bought like some of the Roger Stern stuff and trade like one right. of the like at a show and I read all that stuff and loved it. Right. You know, I love, you know, like the, the Baron Zemo stuff and like the cap running for president, you know, <laughs> deal from the 70s and 80s right. and stuff. Yeah. And so. You know, I'm I'm hooked at that point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I found the issues. The, the, it was a crossover between Incredible Hulk 232 and then Captain America 257. And I remember what it was about Hulk 232 that was really cool is the fact that you've got Cap and, and the Hulk running at the, like, basically running towards you. And there are bullets right. bouncing off Cap's shield, and then they're just bullets bouncing off the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a, it's a pretty nice. cool image. But, I mean, the, the other, I mean, the other thing is just, like, you know, I read, you know, Cap, I mean, I, that's what I think of, like, where I found, like, Cap by himself compelling, or at least, you know, teamed up with the Hulk, and I'm like, I'll check out some more issues after that. But, I mean, I read a boatload of, of you know, Avengers appearances, like, reprints and other stuff with Captain America, but it's not quite the same as him in his own book. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, that's some, the, I remember that, that being maybe one of my earliest, like, oh, I think I'll check out Captain America because he's teamed up with the Hulk, as opposed to, like, I'm just going to, you know, pick up a random Captain America issue. Mm -hmm. But I read, I remember reading, like I read like through all the stuff with, you know, when, when Cap, like when they first introduced Crossbones and then, you know, like that stuff. I remember all, it was that and like all the stuff, like what we're getting now with, like with the Falcon and Winter Soldier that we recently got on, on Disney Plus, all, I read all of the stuff with John Walker, you know. Okay. I read all, that's, I read, I had all those books. I read all those Mm-hmm. Up to a certain point, like then you said the thing with Brubaker. That's when I got back into it. I started reading that stuff with um, Brubaker and who's the artist on those for most of those? Steve Epting for yeah. a while. Yeah, is, is, yeah, yeah. Just Steve Epting and then Jackson Geis, right? Isn't it? Didn't that they switch off? I think for a little bit they might. I think Steve Epting was like was like flashback artist. I want to feel like I want to say for for some of the issues, right? Um, but I read all. I mean, I read all that stuff through you know through uh, Civil War and all that. Yeah, but no, but there's a lot of great stuff out there. Like I said, you know, like like after after you 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 start going backwards. I mean, he's had a lot of great stories even over the years. Like I find myself going back into the 70s and stuff. Like like I'm reading right now still, uh, like the Steve Englehart like Secret Invasion, not Secret, sorry, Secret Empire stuff. Mm -hmm. Not to be confused with the 
Nick Spencer secret invasion. God, I keep saying secret invasion. <laughs> secret <laughs> secret empire right, right. event from probably four or five years ago mm-hmm. at this point. And that stuff's really, really cool too, you know. And um have you read the burn stuff with like Baron Blood and all that? And Mr. Hyde and I think it's Mr. Hyde and Cobra. I think so. It's, it, it, one issue ends with him like ch- caps chained to the front of a, of a ship. Okay. <laughs> It's great. I mean, it's like this yeah. one. It's one with Hydrant Cobra, and then the other one is like I said with Baron Blood. It's like I think it's a, um, I think it's, if I remember correctly, it, it, it's it either ends with or starts with the, with the new Union Jack. Okay, love you know. Union Jack. Yeah, I know. That's why I brought it up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. if you ever read those? Those are really good too. No, I think that stuff was in the trade for the Roger Stern stuff that I was okay. reading. Yeah, maybe that's what yeah. I'm thinking too. But yeah, those no, are that really, stuff was, was super fun. Yeah, yeah, really good stuff. And the the Steve Englehart secret secret I'm saying the secret war now. (laughs) There's too many secret things in Marvel. Secret defenders, Clifton. (laughs) In the in the Steve Englehart secret empire one. That's another one where they started dabbling Captain America back into politics. Yeah, and and that was kind of a a response to Watergate era Mm. politics of the time of like what's like our government's not what it seems. Like our government's not like has other agendas going on that's not in the best interests. And, mm-hmm. and so that was really kind of started revisiting politics with the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, it, it, like, like I said, I'm reading that stuff now and it's still like it, it, you know, it fits today. It's very, you know, spreading of misinformation stuff to frame him. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's great stuff, yeah. you know, and, and also really cool. Cause you know, Falcon is in there and of course like they're chummy and everything like that. And that's, that's a relationship that's, that's really cool. So I mean like Bucky kind of disappears for a while and then, and then he sort of paired up with Falcon for a long time in the books. Right. Well, why, you know, I I certainly remember when Kirby comes back on and he's doing, you know, like the mad bomb stories and stuff like that. Like Falcon's right there in the bicentennial run. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like when you say that that Bucky went away for a while, it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things where there was an unwritten rule at Marvel for the longest time that Bucky was gone and never coming back. Yep. You know, Bucky and Uncle Ben. Yeah. Bucky, <laughs> Bucky and Uncle Ben were the two that we were never, ever going to see brought back at Marvel until, you know, they did. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I mean, that was the thing that I don't know. I couldn't tell you whether or not the Golden Age ends with that story or whether it's a retcon that they added into Avengers 4. Like, I don't know. Does anyone know? Mm. That whole thing of Bucky trying to stop the, the missile of the plane. I, d- I don't know for sure. I do remember because I, I heard Brubaker in an interview talk about this and he had like a couple of funny things. And, and one was that he was talking to somebody at Marvel at the time later when he was, you know, in, in the comics and writing them at that point. And he was asking why they never brought Bucky back. And, and the person he was talking to supposedly said Stan, Stan Lee was saying, well, we'll wait till the sales dip a little and then and then we'll think about doing it. Right. So it was kind of like an ace in their sleeve, you know, up their sleeve that they just kind of held on to mm. from the sound of it here. But apparently he was saying like like Brubaker wanted to bring Bucky back like since he was a kid, mm. <laughs> like like he was always like, if I ever get a chance to write on Captain America, I'm bringing Bucky back because it never made sense to him. Like, why? why like everybody comes back like, <laughs> right. You know, and then he does this this seminal whatever it is, eight year run on the, on the, you know, on the character where right. look what it spawned. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't go to a con without seeing winter soldier cosplay somewhere. 
right? It's you a great, know, it's a great retcon. I mean, it's yeah. a great, it's a great <laughs> it's a design. Great, that's some great, it's a good looking book for the length of time that's on. I remember there was a book that was in between. I'm trying to, I think it's John Nay Reiber or Reber. And the, mm-hmm. the, there was a, a, in between that, it was, it was closer to, it was the last number one before uh, Brubaker's run. Mm-hmm. And that was the one with the John Cassidy's art. Okay. That okay. was a little more, that also leaned, like it leaned a lot more into political stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'm saying, I'm thinking it's like right after 9 11. Mm hmm. That came out, but it didn't last very long. The art was good on that one too. It just wasn't one. It was also one of those books where it was kind of like, I think the idea in that one is more that Cap was going after terrorists, if I remember correctly. Okay, mm-hmm. I vaguely but remember I, that. Yeah, but I think it only lasted. Like, I think that art team and the writing team was only on it for like an arc or two, and that was it. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's another example of you know. Yeah, and, and you guys brought up Steranko a little while ago too, like on the Shield stuff, and he has a very short stint on the character too right i know i want i want to say it's like five issues or something like that but it's like it's in one of those masterworks you know trades because he did he had um it's it's on the on the heels of like kirby sort of like does a retelling of the origin Mm. i want to say like later like you know uh in the 60s and 70s or something like that and then steranko jumps on for a couple of issues yeah so yeah i mean he's he's like uh you know He's he's gotten good creators. You know, he's one of those characters that's lucky to have a good set of creators on him that always have people adding to it. Right. You know? Well, it's like uh, the current, I think the last writer on it was um, Todd Nancy Coates. Wasn't he the mm-hmm. one that didn't he mm-hmm. just wrap up his run on that? Yeah. I mean, we had, we had a lot of good creators just recently sort of like back to back. It was, it was Nick Spencer on a long run. Mm-hmm. And I remember like Mark Wade had kind of like, like a quick one. Like mm-hmm. Mark Wade might have been on for like a year, year and a half, and Tanisi Coates, right? You know, was had had a decent size run on there too, right? Oh yeah, and then we also had Remeter. Remeter's run is pretty good because that leads mm-hmm. into that leads into Sam Wilson's run. Yeah, that's it was yeah. uh, Rick Remeter's run was where Sam Wilson took up the mantle of Captain right. America yep. right at the end of his run. Yeah, yeah, because Remeter's run deals with a lot of the stuff that's like I think set up by want to say by Kirby. And like Kirby's last run, I believe, but I'm not, I'm not certain because I haven't mm-hmm. read all the Kirby stuff. Right. They have Reminders, what set up Sam Wilson, Captain America and old man, Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. Right. And it sticks around for a little bit. Cause that's, that's, um, Nick Spencer originally comes on for Sam Wilson cap. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he does the, for a while, there's two books. There's a Sam Wilson Captain America title, and then there's a, a Steve Rogers Captain America title, and that's that's where he's starting with his Secret Empire. The you know the cosmic Red Skull gets the cosmic cube. It sort of like rewrites history where Cap is a Hydra agent. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people lost their minds over that one. They yes. were really, really pissed. <laughs> yes, they did. Well, I mean, the funny thing about it is, like, if you again, if you know, you know, if you go back, there's like the entire page. If you go back to it, there's a there's a story where the Red Skull does a similar thing to Cap back in the '60s. Yeah, and in that one, you have Cap, you know, full on Nazi saluting <laughs> the Red Skull. You know, it's not. I mean, I understand why people got upset, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, as you said, it, it was not like I, I don't know why people bit so hard on that one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why either. I think it was the timing of the real, the real world timing of when Mm -hmm. that one came out that people were extra sensitive and and extra hesitant to that type of story. I think that's what it was. Sure, not the story itself, but yeah. 
The but, thing that that you know, every time I hear something in comics, I'm like, I, I'm I'm like, it's not permanent. Mm-hmm. We know we know it's like just for a story for. You know, I always think like whenever there's a big seismic change like that, like the cynic in me is is like two years. Sure. I'm, I'm like, that's the longest it'll be two years. How long was Superman right? dead? Because because that's about how long a, a typical run is right. Right, right before another writer jumps on. And, you know, sometimes stuff sticks. And but, you know, a lot of times people, you know, put their toys away so somebody else can come along and play with them. You know what I mean? Right. You know, so. Yeah, I, I I found the outrage a little odd too right. for that. But yeah. um what's interesting to me though, and maybe this has to do with, with how enduring the character is, I don't know, but it's like he he for all the, the retellings of his origin, he's never been updated ever. Mm-hmm. His 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 origin's always World War Two and they just right. they just sort of like they slide that slide, scale. Yeah. Yeah, they slide the scale of years that he's been frozen with like in the in the sixties. Which works beautifully comes, well. It's beautifully yeah. simple. Mm-hmm. In the sixties when he comes back he's only frozen twenty years. <laughs> right. Now now he's frozen like eighty years. <laughs> right. Right. Like it's like yeah. people comment that he doesn't look like he's aged, but you could be like, yeah, like he's just he just ages well for that twenty years. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> when he comes back in the sixties. But now you're like, wait a second, something's something fishy's going on. Right. Right. And yeah, they and they do. They always like there is always the story which which now we're actually running out of time where he can reconnect with like his old war buddies <laughs> yeah. who are older now when he's still the young man. And that's, that's something we got through a lot of his stories in ultimates and in, in regular Marvel comics. There was always an interesting thing to see like the counterpoint of where Steve Rogers might have been if he wasn't frozen in time, mm-hmm. right? What his age, what his generation would have been, which I think was always interesting. Yeah. It's, it's always a, it's always a fun angle to see the, like the man at a time, stuff which you know can be played up to varying degrees depending on who's working on him mm-hmm. you know but uh yeah I, but i mean you're right yeah i mean we're, we're, we're <laughs> the clock's running out on, on being able to do these stories <laughs> you know? specific type yeah. of stories right. yeah <laughs> yeah and it was fun seeing that like carry over into into bucky into winter soldier where like winter soldier gets the out of time stories like we saw in Fal- in in falcon and winter soldier when Somebody asks him how old he is, and he's like 106. <laughs> right. And they think he's joking, but no. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's how old he is. Much along the ways that we always got like Marvel team up and Marvel two in one, I always thought that Cap was one of those characters that should have had a team up book. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was one of those things where, like, when you think about Marvel history and, and history in general, the things that he's seen, I just mm-hmm. like the idea of seeing characters play off of him. Right. Like you get some of those early on in like, um, uh, you know, it's one of those things where they don't do it a whole lot. Like Spider-Man's more like the ambassador type character, other characters. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. Like it's like a Spider-Man appearance in so-and-so's first couple, like six to 12 issues. Right. 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 But every now and then, like I know when Iron Fist first like got out of, um, basically got out of uh, Marvel premiere and had his own book, like Cap just shows up out of nowhere. Maybe because John Byrne wanted to draw Captain America. I don't know. <laughs> right. But I thought I just thought the idea of a Captain America team up book would have been cool. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I thought when um, I'm just thinking about this the other day when we got um, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's the first Guardians of the Galaxy solo series, the Jim Valentino one in the early '90s. That whole first storyline is all about um, 
the search for Captain America's shield. Okay, then it's the okay. Guardians of the Galaxy set in the future. Yes. So different no. than what we know of now. It was right. like a Not, superhero yeah. team a thousand years in the future or something. Yes. Yep. That's basically it. That's basically the premise is there from the future. They've met like the Avengers and Ben Grimm and they've come back and helped out with like Korvac and other stuff. And like, and there, again, there's like a team up issue with, with Spider-Man and Marvel team up. But I just thought the idea that it was, it was interesting because they don't really play so much with like the legacy of the shield, the shield shows up in future stories. Like it'll be like, it's in the background of the maestro's like trophy room when in that Peter David story that, you know, Oh, the future imperfect. Yeah. Future imperfect. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Thank you. In future imperfect. And then like, that was another place where it shows up, but it's not so much. And I'm sure this, there, there are places throughout the galaxy that know of captain America, but I don't know if like alien races even have a concept of what America is. So it's always to me, it's always weird to me. Like when cap goes into space with the Avengers, what that means to the Kree, like (laughs) captain what? That was something, but I thought with like a, like a team up book, you could explore the idea of Captain America out in other places rather than just where he is. Right. Yeah. You know, so that was, it's always struck me as one of those things of like why we didn't get that. I'd never really understood. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Like as you were bringing that up, it occurred to me too. I'm like, he pops up in, in born again, the daredevil mm-hmm. book, the Frank mm-hmm. Miller daredevil book, which, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people forget because a lot of people remember, you know, just sort of the setup of, of Karen, you know, selling off uh, Matt's secret identity to the Kingpin and stuff. But yeah, right. I mean, he's there, you know, with that fight against Nuke and stuff right. like that in the streets. And <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And it works. It works nicely. Yeah. You know, he's a fun character. Like, like as that history, like, like as that kind of time capsule, of the Marvel universe, like one of my favorite retcons was also uh, in Morrison's X-Men. Mm-hmm. Oh, when, yeah. when he's bringing one. up that that it's not it's it's not weapon X it's weapon ten yeah that's and, and the program's actually weapon plus and then you go back and it's actually like Captain America's weapon one mm-hmm. of the same program that made that gave Wolverine his adamantium and stuff right. like that and they actually tied Nuke into that also which was neat I just like I really love that that like it's all it's all the same program oh yeah yeah no that was cool too yeah and then um. Sort of what seemed like that, isn't there the um what is it the the isn't the robot that they like this the the classic the Mike Zek cover with Wolverine and Cap, mm. where Cap's like slashing his shield, and it's the two of them teaming up together and they have to go against was it I think it's Test One which is like a like a it might be it's kind of like a it's kind of like a Sentinel type hunting robot that also goes I think goes after super soldiers or people in the program or something mm. that I think they only use once and then the Roger Stern uses it again in his Avengers story. With all the with all the androids slash we're like Jocasta and Machine Man teaming up together, I think that robot's in there too. But I, I thought it was a cool idea at the time, reading that annual. If we're just talking about cool cat stories, okay, right? And there's that time he turned into a werewolf. <laughs> it looks like the the one you're talking about, Frank, is is Captain America Annual Number Eight. Ah, uh, yeah, from okay. 1986. Okay, that's a good one. Got another note from our, from our engineer who's doing doing a lot of lifting for us today. So thank you. But <laughs> yes. yeah, Bucky's death was retconned in Avengers 56. Ah, so this okay. is the first time they mentioned that Bucky died trying to stop stop the drone. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's dig into really quick the, the, the Cap werewolf thing. Because this is... <laughs> uh, this, this I find at every con, every time I'm going through long boxes. I always find this trait. Mm-hmm. This one, I have, like, I've seen it, but I've, I've never read the story. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've never actually read it either, but it's like, but it, like, it comes up a lot. Yeah. Like, like when I'm just talking to other people, like just, just out, like, 
like weirdly like it's it's <laughs> weirdly <laughs> prevalent cap wolf yeah <laughs> yeah cap wolf I mean, is, so is, much so spencer plays off of it like when he jumps on like like quickly cap wolf is around the time i think it's mark grunewald because it's right around the time with on the with all the um right after all this stuff with john walker and then it's right after the time when cap does is one of the times the cap is quit and he's no mm-hmm. longer captain america he's the captain it's right after all that stuff mm-hmm. it's where he's come back it's like i think it's i think it's 350 at that point where he basically comes back to being captain america okay and then right after that is when you get john walker making the switch or right around that time is when john walker, walker makes the switch to being u.s agent right but yeah, I can't remember what the premise was. I just remember having like I've read those issues, and I think I still have them someplace. But <laughs> well, because it's also around the same time that you have the same similar story. Well, it's in the same run of storylines. The idea that the it's like you know you're 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 in the era of just say no, you know, just say no to drugs, right? And the idea that the super soldier serum is a drug, yeah. <laughs> and how can we have Captain America on drugs, <laughs> right? So he has to like expunge the super soldier serum from his body. Yeah, and then sort of has to be Captain America without it, right? Okay. Yeah, I do remember some of that arc. Uh, yeah, that is when I was picking it up. Lots of Serpent Society stuff around that time. Yeah, because he was he yeah. was with Diamond back at the time. Yeah, and I loved Serpent Society. So sure, me too. I was into it on that. The it looks like the Cap Wolf was around issues like the early four hundreds. <laughs> Because yeah. it looks like it was a six-part series around like 401 to 407. Okay. Issues 401 to 407. 1992, Mark Runewald writing. There was a chapter called Dances with Werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> that is part four of the story. So right. they were very, they were very on 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 topic on, on pop yeah. culture trends at the time, I guess. Yeah, it's also oh, that's right. Now I now I remember. Sorry, I just looked it up real quick. The other thing is at the time was the Avengers were at, were no longer at the mansion. They were at Hydro Base because Avengers Mansion had gotten destroyed by the Masters of Evil, and there's like that that really um, good. It's a good arc about again Roger Stern and Tom Palmer. I think does the art, but anyway, so they're at Hydro Base, and they have a group of people there that are part of like the grounds crew, and one of them is Jameson's son, John Jameson. And if you don't know about John Jameson, other than oh, right. that, early on he's you know he's astronaut and you know American hero John Jameson. He also becomes a character called Man Wolf. Yes, yeah, right. And that plays into the whole thing of you know I'm sure that's a, that's a play for Marvel on Man Bat, right. <laughs> but right. He's got this necklace that transforms him into a wolf every every now and then, and I think that plays into the whole thing with Cat becoming <laughs> a werewolf at that time too. Yeah. Well, Frank, let me tell you. So if you can't find your issues ever. Uh-huh. I I could find you the trade easy, <laughs> so so just let me know. Sure, I'll pick course. it up for it. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's it's not a con unless I find this thing. Gotcha. Trust me, it's easy. All right, so um, so we're gonna start closing out a little earlier because um, this is also the tenth anniversary of Captain America: The First Avenger, the movie. Mm. Um, so we wanted to close out with enough time to sort of get into this movie as well. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is.com. Just please. However you find us, don't forget to like subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, if you have any ideas for a topic, you can send it our way on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handles our show's initials L M K H I I. So, all right. So let me, let me just do credits really quickly. So captain America first Avenger is directed by Joe Johnston. 
and screenplay credits by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. I think it is. Yes. Um, who these guys have done a lot. lots of Marvel movies. Lot, lots They've of them. done a lot of MCU. Um, and movie stars Chris Evans as Cap, obviously. Haley Atwell, Hugo Weaving, Tommy Lee Jones, Sebastian Stan, Dominic Cooper, and Stanley Tucci. So, uh, looking back at this movie, what do we think? This is one that was unassuming for me mm-hmm. of some of the early uh, MCU stuff. It definitely wasn't as like bombastic as Iron Man 1 was. And, and it came out, I guess, a year before Avengers. So it had come out after Iron Man, after Iron Man 2, and after Thor. Wow. And and so then this was the the last one before the last one of phase one before Avengers itself. Right. And and I remembered liking a lot of it. And then as I've watched it over the years, I actually appreciate it more each time I watch it. (laughs) And and I most recently watched it all the way through right before Falcon and Winter Soldier started. I watched the whole trilogy of first Avenger winter soldier and civil war to get ready for Falcon and winter soldier and to just, you know, get myself in the mood for that. Mm-hmm. And like every time, like I find new stuff to appreciate about Captain America, first Avenger for a long time. It was the first half where I'd be like, it's a solid, solid first half. And then yeah, maybe the second half's not as good, but, but mm-hmm. now like, I like it all. Like I appreciate <laughs> stuff in all of it. Right. Yeah. I love it. I still love it. I loved it when I saw it. My only thing about it that I think is funny is the, is the motorcycle scene. That's about the only thing <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a little funny because it seems like it's it's either it seems like it's something that belongs in a made for TV superhero movie, right? And or an early like you know early nineties superhero movie, right? Like a but, Gen uh, One superhero movie. Yeah, but it other may than be that, sacrilegious say, but man, those hydro motorcycles look awesome though. <laughs> they do. That that's a neat design. I gotta that's say, some good design work. Sure. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not problem with the design. I'm just saying it just it just to me it felt a little little dated. Yeah. And not in, and not in like a World War II way. Other than that, no, I love that movie. I think I think Winter, uh, Winter Soldier. I think First Avenger is um is great. Yeah. I love I love the bit of how you know there's little bits in it that I love. I love the bit like where he's running after he becomes Cap and runs into the the shop, right? Because he yeah, has, yeah. he doesn't have the control. Yeah. Um, you know I love the bit where the 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 saboteur throws you know after killing spoiler after killing um uh Erskine right right yep after, after killing Erskine grabs the kid. Mm-hmm. And he tosses the kid in the water. And the kid's like, I'm okay. I'm, I could swim. Like that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, you know, yeah, of I love that part. Right? <laughs> Go get him. <laughs> I get him. <laughs> yeah. That part's great. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff in that movie. You know, it's one of yeah. those, it's, it's the, the shot of like the shot of Steve, you know, when they're at the world's fair of the Kim in the soldier's uniform. And he's like, can, he can barely get his head over the, oh, right. Like the, in the mirror. Yeah. So you can yeah. see yourself as a soldier. Right. Like, attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even you know, even the, that like that whole thing of making him scrawny, Steve Rogers is great. I mean, all that stuff is great. Right, He's great yeah. in it. He, you know, ah, Captain America, I'm a fan of your films. That whole that whole bit is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, Hugo Weaving, who I wish had stuck around, but yeah. he yeah. didn't. You know, he was great as Red Skull. I'd love to see. You know, I hope they go with um, uh, what's his name, who did who played him in Endgame? Uh, I don't Skull. remember who it was. Oh yeah, uh, I think they will though. You know, I think they will. I, I mean, he's I've I've met him. I've talked to him a couple times. And if I, you know, um, I can't remember his name. That's awful. But he's he was on. Uh, oh, Russ Mark one. That's it. He does impressions for like you've seen him do impressions and a bunch of stuff. He does impressions for like Fox when they do the sports. But okay. he did the red. He played the Red Skull 
in um in Endgame. Infinity War. Infinity, Infinity, War, Infinity War. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, Infinity War and Endgame. Um, and he's great. I love this. I love to make like that they make a deal with him for him to come back as Red Skull because I think Red Skull is a seminal character that needs to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. You know, I think the idea that stuff, unfortunately, never going away. <laughs> you know, there needs to right. be. You know, I w- I'd love to see Sam stomp the crap out of <laughs> yeah. Red Skull. It'd be, That'd be, it'd be per- awesome, right? Yeah, yeah it'd be yeah. terrific. But Ross Marquand. Yeah. I mean, like just from the fact that Ross Marquand is great. And a quick story about that is, um, I remember he said that he saw he was at the 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 premiere for the first one for um, Infinity War and ran into Nye Guerrero and they know each other because they worked in The Walking Dead together. And she's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he had been, he, you know, he's like, well, I'm in this. She goes, what do you mean you're in this? <laughs> right. she goes, he goes, you'll see. And that was like, that was the first time she was able to even know. That's hilarious. That he was even in the movie was because, he, you know, because of those Marvel contracts are so tight. He couldn't tell right. anybody that that's right, what he yeah. was doing. So, but that's yeah. so funny. But yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it, like I said, I, I think everyone, you know, Top to bottom, like Tommy Lee Jones right. is great in it. Yeah, yeah. You well, know. that's the thing. I was, I was thinking rewatching it too. Is, is I'm looking back at, it, I'm like, man, this movie is stacked. Yeah, with people, yeah. and it's like, it is, it is also a little combination of, of, you know, you got Stanley Tucci and Tommy Lee Jones and Hugo Weaving, and and like those guys were known, and then, right. you know, Sebastian Stan and Haley Atwell you know, would become known for being in this, right. you know, and, and like, and man, let me tell you, Haley Atwell is such a lucky bit of casting <laughs> for Peggy Carter. Cause she is wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. The, <laughs> no, she is the heart of this movie. No, I, I agree. Think. She's great. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I forgot about Stanley Tucci. I love Stanley Tucci to begin with, but he's awesome in this, mm, yeah. um, but, but just talking about like moments in it. Like I, you know, I love the, the, the bit with like the guy, the, the climb the flagpole scene is awesome because mm-hmm. it shows captain's not, just, you know, he's not just like, obviously at that point he's not a physical anything. Right. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love the 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 timely Jones throwing the fake grenade. Yeah, yeah, that's a great bit. You know, there's a, we were again, just talking about this one a little bit right before you came on, and again, we're gonna cite our engineer, even though he's not on the episode. Right, <laughs> our engineer brought up a point of that scene where, like, we've seen that scene. Tommy Lee Jones throws the it's a dud, but they don't know if it's a dud. Right, and that, like most of the soldiers who are like your your ideal your ideal soldiers, like the, mm. the rugged men, run yeah. like, for cover. And Steve Rogers jumps on it. But the other thing that people didn't notice is, is that I didn't notice before until I went back and looked after he told me is Peggy's also running to it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Peggy and Steve are the ones. Steve just gets to it first. But it's yeah. those two that are running to jump on that grenade. Yeah. No, it's a great bit. Yeah. No, I mean, she, she's got so many awesome moments. Yeah. In this movie, too. And, and you know, and continues to have awesome moments later on in the series. And, right. <laughs> you know, um. But yeah, Stanley Tucci's wonderful too, and like I just love all the the slow conversational, you know, like like you're a good man, mm-hmm. you know, conversations, and like and 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 the serum amplifies what's in you, so you right. know, bad <laughs> right. becomes worse and good becomes great, and yeah. you know, which comes back later in Falcon and Runner Soldier. It does, yeah, and so I mean, Clifton, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Where like when I first saw this, like yeah, I like. Same exact opinion of it. I was, I was like, the first half, I think it's really, really strong. And I think it kind of loses some steam. And yeah, and, and I just fall in love with this movie more and more every time mm-hmm. I see it. And I love also how much the, like, I could do this all day. Yeah. And I'm just a kid from Brooklyn stuff, like, keeps con- coming back continuously yeah. as part of his character. Yeah, it's a, through, it's a through line for the character that, that you know, the thing I'm a kid from Brooklyn and I like, do this all day. And then, you know, the, the one that always gets me is I don't like bullies. 
like that's <laughs> right. the one like like that goes through I'm like that informs the character throughout the entire thing like yeah. from top to bottom to the alt to all the way to the end you yeah. know provided they don't back up a dump truck full of money to his house right you know to get him to come back right the fact that they, they there's so much stuff that's laid there you know i i mean i remember you know, I wasn't so worried about, you know, Iron Man. I wasn't, you know, with Kenneth Brown on Thor, I wasn't so worried about them pulling that off. But I will say, you know, Captain America for me was the one that I thought, man, I just don't know. <laughs> I just oh, really? don't know. I don't know if you can get somebody who can, like, you know, who's going to, I mean, how are they going to do this without being corny or being right. dated or being mm-hmm. something like, ah, nobody really feels that way. <laughs> you know, but it's, yeah. he, Evans is so good and plays it so earnest and plays it so true that it, it just, right. you know. I mean, every, I mean, say what you will. I mean, I know, you know, <laughs> I'm supposed to say this on the 4th of July. Um, I, I know that the, the, you know, that people obviously have issue with the country, but it's one mm-hmm. of those things where the, the promise of Captain America, at least portrayed by Evans, is something that most people don't really have a problem with. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a through line in the comics, too. Like, Captain America, I think, always represents what the country should be mm-hmm. more yeah. so than what it is. Right. And I yeah. think a lot of people connect with that. And and that's something that's in, been in comics and in movies where mm-hmm. it's an ideal version of, of what we could be and yeah, not always yeah. what we actually are. Right. Uh, but going back to, to just having, you know, what you thought about the movie before it was coming out. I do remember when I heard Joe Johnston got cast and, and I'm a big fan and, and, you know, from our previous episode about Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and Zach as well. It's like when I heard that that's who they'd cast to direct, I'm like, oh, okay, it just needs to look like Rocketeer. Yeah. No, I know, me too. I was, <laughs> I'm, like, I was like, I'm like, he's got this. I'm like, that's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can see him directing this already, because yeah. I kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> but and and that's the thing. I think a lot of people, especially coming off of of Ultimate's version mm-hmm. of Captain America that was so popular in the comics at the time. Right. People kind of wanted a saving private Ryan of a movie right. and and that's not what we got no and yeah. i think some people you know, maybe some people were disappointed in that but like what we got was like i think a really good adaptation of golden age marvel sure the new york city that they represent in the comics and they present or that they present in the movies isn't you know the perfect accurate 1930s or 40s new york but it, it feels like having gone back and read a lot of golden age marvel since then like mm-hmm. it feels like they really captured the feel of of the New York City that the Golden Age comic creators saw, that right. the Golden Age comic creators were putting on the page. And there's a lot of details straight out of Captain America number one that made it into the movie. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that the fact that the experiments behind an antique shop is straight oh, yeah? out of the comic. Okay. <laughs> That's in the comic book. In the comic book, there's the old lady that runs the shop who's in oh, the movie nice. as well. <laughs> I love that bit. Yeah, in the comic, the difference is that she's agent, thir- she's X 13 in disguise, ah, okay. uh, but they had already kind of combined X 13 with Peggy Carter. So she, she couldn't do both because mm. she's the one that takes them there in the movie. But the, the old lady was there in the, in the comic, like grabs a gun when she sees people walking in and then like slides it back into the drawer that's in the right. comic. Hmm. Uh, and then the, the, how the whole scene plays out with the experiment and then a saboteur being up in the observation room right. is, is from the comic. Um, yeah. It does not result in a chase into the streets, but it was just like funny to me. Like there were so many little details that they did just take straight from that 1941 comic and put into this movie. 
I th- I like I love the design of that stuff because it's like it, the the use of color in the film is really really cool too because like the the stuff at home is so warm yeah it's a very sepia you know I mean? tone like yeah glow very and sepia tone and, and it does and it and there is like a, a comfort to it mm-hmm. which I, and then and then you get like into the war and the stuff with Hydra it's very right desaturated and stuff and a lot of blue and it's very cold which is neat because it makes like red skull pop a little bit more also yeah yeah which which I should say like I just just got to go on record. I think Red Skull looks awesome. Oh, the, <laughs> in, again, this, I, in this movie, I, I really love do. The, the bit where he peels off his face. Yeah. yeah, that could have been really terrible, but it works. It works so well. Yeah. It's so cool. And Bucky's like, "You don't have one of those, do you?" <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's like awesome, awesome stuff, you know. And Zola is in there, which which we didn't bring up, which is also really fun. Like, yeah. like I, I like, I like the. The, the the red skull tees were like he's getting the portrait painted mm-hmm. and you just see like all the red on on, on the painter's palette and <laughs> yep. stuff like that and right. yeah it's it's really it's so well shot that stuff i think it's yeah. so cool yeah yeah and then sebastian stan like that's the other thing like he's the big addition that's big the big different thing between the comics and the movies is that is how they portray bucky as as a peer to steve rogers and actually more of like a big brother Right. To Steve Rogers, because Steve Rogers, he's the one always looking out for Steve Rogers. He's the one keeping the bullies away from Steve Rogers mm-hmm. when Steve Rogers isn't just fighting them until he can't stand anymore, which right. we also see happen. But uh, the, the, so that was a different play. But uh, like, I just can't believe like Sebastian Stan, who came from nowhere, he's the one that's still with us. Like Chris Evans isn't still in these projects, yeah. right? And Sebastian Stan, who we didn't know from anything when these things started, is the one carrying. Yeah, with with uh, Anthony Mackie, they're the one carrying a show. He was he was like the jerk in Hot Tub Time Machine, and yeah. I was like, I'm like, that's the guy that's gonna be Bucky, okay? Right. Like, <laughs> and he had he had such a Johnny from Karate Kid, like 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 feel to him in that yeah. movie. That's literally the only thing I'd ever seen him in, right? Before that, you know. But I like that. I like that 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 role reversal. It's fu- It's cool. Like like when. Peggy comes into the bar and like all the Howling Commandos are there and they're getting ready to go on the mission and and you know and like Bucky's hitting on her right yeah and she's not she's having none of she it and he's, right like, he's like what am I invisible mm-hmm. turning into you yeah like I love that bit like, <laughs> yeah it's a good bit yeah yeah there's so much about this movie I, I that I've really really come come to love and and you know another like like stupid small thing about it that I love but uh, I love that he doesn't have makeup under the mask, <laughs> which I don't mind. I like, I like, I really don't care about the, the, the eye makeup in the Batman movies and stuff like that. Right. Like I just get, I, I get, I get the, the need for it and everything, but I, but it's neat to see like, like just the practicality of it. Just right. like, no, no, he's just putting it on and there's his eyes and it works. It's a guy with the mask. Yeah. Yeah. No, good stuff. But it is crazy. It is crazy to think how much more MCU has come after that one. Mm-hmm. Like that's still in the early, early days of it. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that that gets me too is looking back at it, and and a lot of the early Bucky stuff was teasing a little bit the visual of him with the shield, right? You know, because that 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 that's a, that's a thing in Brubaker's run, right? Like you know, something happens to Steve, right? <laughs> And Bucky takes over for a little while, and he's Captain America. Yeah, and, you get Bucky Cap, and it 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 looks like they're very much aware of that because there's that bit where he he uses the shield on the train right mm-hmm. before he gets, you know, 
blowed uh blowed out, out of it right? <laughs> right right and then by the time Endgame comes along we get you know the sam wilson stuff as cap in the books yeah which i like a lot right um and it was also i think for fans a little bit like well like which way are we gonna go yeah. like is is because i think we all knew at some point chris evans was going to leave right you know but uh you know and then you watch falcon winter soldier and i think it's done nicely yeah i like it a lot I, 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 you know, I think they did the right choice because, yeah, because man, I'm just like, I can't wait for the next Avengers group shot with Sam Wilson there right. front and center. And that, because I love that new cap suit, man, yeah. I love that cap suit. <laughs> I watched the, the dedication or the premiere, whatever it was for the Avengers campus at Disney World. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, Anthony Mackey comes out as part of that online presentation they did and presents the shield to the, the, you know, Disney world version mm-hmm. of his captain America. Cool. And like, it was actually kind of moving where I'm like, yeah, yeah like right. this is like, this is the real captain America now. Like he's the one at the, at Disney world. Like it's, <laughs> it's this captain America. It's, it's the, the Sam Wilson captain America. Like it's definitely like, it means something. Like I like mm-hmm. that. That's cool. cool to see. Yeah. And, and, and also like every time I see more of him, like in interviews and stuff like that. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, man, I, I think he's awesome. <laughs> I just think he's so great. I can't wait. Like I, I, I so can't wait till winter soldier. The movie is 10 years old. So we could talk about that one also. Cause, <laughs> right. cause I mean, like he's got some fantastic scenes in yeah. that movie and there's, yeah. and there's, there's no bad scene with Sam Wilson, in my opinion. Like I love all of it, you know, cause in the comics, there's, so, there, there, there's a bit of like a sidekicky aspect to it. Sure, and I, and I like that they're just like, I mean, they're friends in the books too, which mm. I do like, and and you know you see that in the Secret Empire stuff, like they are close, but I think that that's the chemistry of of the actors like really comes through on screen. Yeah, I do like I do suspect that when it all started, they were probably eyeing Sebastian Stan's Bucky, because that's what was happening in the comics right around that time. Mm-hmm. Was the the winter soldier that Bucky had become Captain America. And then the Sam Wilson, Captain America comics hadn't come out yet, not for another five years or four years or so. And, and so then they just kind of changed their plans along the way, which I think is interesting. Right. Yeah. But I still like that. They still tease it though. Ever, yeah. like, Cause there's that fight with Iron Man right. at, at the end of civil war. Right. Cause it always like- could have gone either way. Because yeah. now, like, they're both stories. We're right, right, right. We're, we're, he, he and Cap are trading the shield back and forth to each mm-hmm. other while they're like just, just stomping the crap out of Tony. Right. <laughs> like, I like that stuff too. Like, I like that they, that they still show that he has like a, a certain like proficiency with it. Right. Sure. You know, but yeah. I guess really quick, but before we start closing out though, too, we should, we should talk about maybe Dominic Cooper a little bit because we get to oh, see, yeah. we get to see young Howard Stark. <laughs> right. Um, you know, which which we had seen Howard in Iron Man two, right? When you get kind of like yeah, a flash, the old like, like an Walt old, Disney yeah, like video <laughs> stuff. But I, I I just like he he's so awesome as sort of like Tony version one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. yep, he is very good, and and you do get to see more of it if you watch the Agent Carter show. Yeah, both seasons are currently on Disney Plus, I believe. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Yeah. When I love the Agent Carter series, both seasons. I loved quite a bit. So you definitely get more of him. You get more of her, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the 
the the friendship where they do like the scenes he has with with Steve Rogers in in First Avenger. I like where <laughs> where you come into the scene where he's like fondue is just cheese and bread, my friend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> after after Steve Rogers confusion about what fondue means. Yeah. <laughs> like I love their little their little friendship. Yeah. There. No, I do too. It's it's great stuff too. Yeah, and and like I said, I mean, just to keep stressing it because I think Haley Atwell so awesome in this movie, but it just seems also like you know that like any opportunity they got to work her in somewhere in the following movies, they took right. it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. all the way to Endgame. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can definitely argue that she's a through line through all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that they they sort of like found their way with it because I mean they they were sort of I I think dipping their toes a little bit in the idea of of him and Sharon together, which right mm-hmm. you know understandably like that's that's the thing from the comics yeah. right is you know that's very much a romance for for a long time yep yeah but i just think i i, I like that the that the producers i think when they're like man like we're kind of on to something here mm-hmm. like like these actors have great chemistry which is like really i mean that's the thing to say about this movie i think right. is that they all like like everybody's really good with each other yeah in this yeah, it is. at the end of the day, they felt they decided. Yeah, like Steve and Peggy, they're they're the one. Like they're yeah. the one for each other. So that's what we're gonna get. And I think that was the right call. Yeah, yeah. There's a sweetness to it. I like when you see it. You know, like you guys said, like the through line all the way to Endgame mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Evans is just still so good. Like, <laughs> like, like Frank, like you were saying, like you know, it's. Mm-hmm. It's you still you're still hoping that you'll fi- you'll find a way to get him in there <laughs> somewhere, right? To have some have some kind of a presence. Yep. You know. Even nice. as spoiler alert, even as old man Steve. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I think I think I have the solution for it, I think. But you know, I, I think that they've already gone for another way. But you know, I know Chris Evans has, has been wanting to get more into directing, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, give him cat four. Yeah. I'm sure. like, let him direct Cat Four. I think, I think that that would be neat. Right. Where, where I would assume that Steve Rogers would be looming as a plot thread throughout the throughout the story, anyway. Sure. Right. You know, I'm like, who better than to have the guy who played him, maybe you know, directing that movie, so he's there. Right. <laughs> you know, my suggestion, but yeah. you know, <laughs> I think I think they've already found their found their their Helmer. Okay. So. But yeah, no, it's a, it's an awesome movie. Looking back, can't believe it's ten years old now. Yeah, time makes flies. Me feel so time old. isn't real. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel so old. That Chris Evans has not aged a day. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel like. So yeah. So all right, listeners, hit us up on Twitter or in the comments. Let us know uh, about Captain America. Your thoughts, your your memories with the character, or your thoughts of the movie. Um, as always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on Let Me Know How It Is Please don't forget to like us and follow us on social media. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.